Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just got done racing this weekend at Richmond Raceway, and let me tell you guys, yeah, it doesn't matter what car we're going to be driving to Richmond. It just is not going to be the most exciting race in the world. There's just no other way to put it. For a short track, Richmond has just not been equal to Martinsville or Bristol in the last few years. And even with the next-gen car, it still felt that way. Limited amount of cautions, limited passes for the lead. And really, the only time there was any passing was due to pit stops. So if there's some of you out there that did enjoy the race, good for you. I'm really happy for you because I really could not get engaged with the race. But we will talk about that. We got to dive into all these races, find out what the biggest takeaways are, which drivers impressed us in each race, which drivers kind of disappointed us, and how does this affect them moving forward. So let's first start off with the first race of the weekend. It is the seventh race for the Xfinity Series in the 2022 season. It's time to look at the final results for the Toyota Care 250. Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics before we dive on into the final results. 42 drivers tried to enter into this race, which meant four of them missed the show, those four being the number 52 of Harrison Rhodes, the number 77 of Dylan Bassett, the number 45 of Howie DeSavino third, and the number 55 of Matt Mills. The number 77 and 52 I don't think have made a race yet this year, and I think the number 55, this was a one-off event for that team, uh, for BJ McLeod. I think that was just their extra car. Fortunately, just wasn't able to qualify their way in. Three cautions for 24 laps. Uh, the two of them being stage breaks and one of them being a debris caution. And eight lead changes amongst three different drivers. So really there was only three that were competing for the victory. Actually it was two. It was between the Joe Gibbs Racing Camp of Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek. Who was the one to wind up in victory lane? It was the number 54 Ty Gibbs with a last lap pass. Able to push John Hunter Nemechek out of the way to collect his third victory of the 2022 season. He is once again your winner here in the X-Bandy Series. Finishing second was the aforementioned the number 18 of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing third was the number one of Sam Mayer. Finishing fourth we have the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger finishing fifth was the number 98 of Riley Herps in the sixth spot we have the number 11 of Daniel Hemrick finishing seventh was the number eight of Josh Berry finishing eighth was the number 68 of Brandon Brown finishing ninth we have the number 39 of Ryan Sieg and Ryan up the top 10 a really good finish for the number 38 of Parker Retzloff some notable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention in the 11th and 12th spot were the R Motorsports Machines of Jeb Burton and Anthony Alfredo finishing 13th was the number 19 of Brandon Jones in the 14th position was the number 7 of Justin Allgaier. In the 18th spot, we have the top finishing rookie, the number 21 of Austin Hill, with his partner Sheldon Creed finishing in the 22nd position. Right in front of him was the number 9 of Noah Gregson in the 21st spot. And then rounding out the field near the end, we have the number 6 of Ryan Vargas, the number 28 of Kyle Sieg, out due to engine issues on lap number 139, and then Brandon Poole in the number 47, out by lap number 112 due to rear gear issues. And that is your final results here for the Toyota Toyota Care 250. So first things first, big shout out to Toyota. They absolutely dominated this race. There was just one lap that Toyota did not lead in this race. 
And it was mostly Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek. Actually, it was all those guys. Uh, Ty Gibbs led 114 laps, while John Hunter Nemechek led 135. Josh Berry was probably the third best car in this race. He led one lap, and he finished third in each stage. Unfortunately, wasn't there near the end and finished seventh. Honestly, there's really not that much to talk about here in this race. If you honestly even look back at the recap on YouTube, it's literally five minutes long. That, that's it. I mean, shout out to John Hunter Nemechek. I really wish John Hunter Nemechek got an um, opportunity here in the Xfinity Series this year. Maybe he will next year because he's proving time and time again that when he's with the right equipment, he will perform. Look down the Truck Series. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Here, every time he gets an opportunity in an Xfinity Series ride, he's always riding around up front, whether it's the number 26 machine with Sam Hunt Racing or Joe Gibbs Racing. You'll see him run near the front, and that's very, very impressive. I think next year, for sure, he's gotta be in one of the Joe Gibbs racing machines but Ty Gibbs once again gets the victory I mean what else have we have not said about this kid except for the fact that he's just phenomenal there's nobody that can compete against him right now I honestly we're honestly seeing probably the next Kyle Busch and I know that's very very early to say and that's a very big conspiracy but Ty Gibbs Coming right into the Xfinity Series, absolutely dominated. He's got some great equipment. I mean, you know Joe Gibbs Racing is going to give him the best of the best. And when he moves up to the Cup Series, he's once again going to get the best of the best. So I really don't see him falling off. This is the next best driver coming up. Now let's talk about the situation that happened near the end. This is what a lot of people are talking about. So near the end of the race, it was down between two drivers like it was the entire race. John Hernemachek and Ty Gibbs duking it out to see who was going to win the race. Uh, John Hernemachek had the lead in the final few laps and then Ty Gibbs moves him, and I mean absolutely moves him off the racetrack to try to get the victory. Now, this could be called the bump and run. This could be the running him out of real estate, whatever way, or botched slide job. Either way, I am not mad at Ty Gibbs for this incident. I really am not, and I know a lot of people are, but let me, I mean, you're going for the victory. At this point, all he's trying to do is get wins. John Hunter Nemechek, what is he trying to do here? Just get wins. So I think if it was the other way around, you know John Hunter Nemechek would have done the same thing. I mean, I can think a few years back with him and Cole Custer at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. It was the same situation. John Hunter Nemechek and Cole Custer going for the victory. John Hunter Nemechek moves him and plows him into the wall, and they ride up against the wall all the way to the checkered flag. Hands down, one of the most exciting road course races that I've ever seen. But still, that aggression from John Hunter Nemechek was similar to Ty Gibbs. And you really cannot say that, no, this is completely different. It was a race for the win. It wasn't like he just straight dumped him. He pushed him out of the way. And that's just the way stock car racing is sometimes. there's We see a lot of times where people put the chrome horn to other drivers. That most noticeable one was Dale Earnhardt when he did it. That's just stock car racing for you. So I really don't see this as a really bad move on Ty Gibbs' part. I really think what's going to happen here is maybe there's going to be an Xfinity Series race down the road where John Hunter Nemechek gets another opportunity. And if Ty Gibbs is in front of him, he's going to bunt him out of the way and it's going to be like, oh, well, now they're even. 
win. That's how I see it. I really don't think this is something to really hammer on Ty Gibbs. He's just a phenomenal racer, and when he has to be aggressive, he will show that he's aggressive. There's been some times where maybe he shouldn't be too aggressive. I think the incident in Las Vegas, yeah, that wasn't really a good time for him. This time it was. So, Overall, the biggest winners in this race, hands down, is the Toyota camp. I mean, honestly, when you lead almost every single lap except one, that's a that's a applaud to you. Sam Mayer for winning the dash for cash. That's an extra $100,000 in his pocket. So, especially after a rough start to the season, now for him to get a top three and a $100,000 bonus, poof. Man, that's got to be a good day for him. And also RSS Racing to get two of their cars in the top 10. Ryan Sieg has been that car that's been near the front, not the other two. But now we get the number 38 car up there to get a top 10. Great job by Parker Retzloff. Really good run for him. And it wasn't just a fluke either. He finished 7th and 10th in both the stages. All around good run. The only one who wasn't able to run up there was Kyle Sieg. But he had an engine issue earlier in the race. Um, some of the disappointments in this race, not a lot of passing. Like I said, when you have eight lead changes amongst three different drivers, yeah, there's really not that much going on up front. And for the most part, the guys who finished in the top 10 were the guys who finished in the top 10 for both stages. There was only one driver that did not score any stage points that finished in the top 10. Actually, two of them, excuse me. And that was Daniel Hemrick and Brendan Brown. Everyone else, though, they finished in the top 10 for both stages, uh, both times except Riley Herb. So, uh, I don't know. Richmond, I don't know what to change for this track. I mean, I know it used to be a super exciting track, but the passing's so limited. And I feel like the only time we really do see passing at this racetrack nowadays is due to pit strategies. And speaking of pit strategies, why don't we move on to the main event for this weekend? It's time to look at the seventh race for the Cup Series season. It is now time to look at the final results for the Toyota Owners 400. Alrighty, so a few statistics before we dive into the final results. 37 cars entered into the race, which means we had one open charter car. That was the number 44, Greg Biffle with NY Racing. It looks like we're going to be seeing them for the majority part of these races, which is really good to see. I always like seeing open charter cars start making quite a few races, or at the very least, a few part-time cars here and there. We had five cautions for 35 laps. Uh, Not too many cautions in this race compared to the other races in the 2022 season, and 13 lead changes among seven different drivers. So not too much action near the front. However, near the end, though, it was an exciting finish. I'll have to give it that. And the person why up winning the race only led five laps and didn't even score any stage points but he gets his win for the 2022 season it is the number 11 of denny hamlin a driver who hasn't scored a top 10 yet this season well definitely he turned things around here this race as he is your winner here for the toyota owners 400 Finishing second, we have the number four of Kevin Harvick. Finishing third was the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing fourth, we have the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Finishing fifth was the number five of Kyle Larson. Finishing sixth, we have the number 20 of Christopher Bell. Finishing seventh was the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing eighth was the number 48 of Alex Bowman. Finishing ninth, we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Riding out the top 10 was the number three of Austin Dillon. Finishing 11th was the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. Finishing 12th, we have the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 13th was the number six of Brad Keselowski. In the 14th position, we have the number nine of Chase 
Elliott in the 15th position was the number 17, uh, Chris Buescher. Finishing 16th was the number 99, uh, Daniel Suarez. Finishing 17th was the number 22, uh, Joey Logano. Finishing 18th was the top-running rookie, the number 21, uh, Harrison Burton. Finishing 19th was the number 1 of Ross Chastain. And right out the top 20, we have the number 2 of Austin Sendrick. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. There's only really a couple of them. Finishing 26th, we have the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. And then finishing in 30th spot, we have the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing 35th, we have the number 45 of Kurt Busch. Had some electrical issues early in the race. He was able to finish, but he finished 109 laps down. And then right out the field, we have the open charter car, the number 44, Greg Biffle, out by lap number 96 due to suspension issues. And that is your final results here for the Toyota Owners 400. Ah, man, oh man, oh man. This was probably the most boring race of the 2022 season and with the next-gen car. I really had faith that this car was going to be really good at this racetrack. I don't know why. I think it's just because back in the past, Richmond was a really exciting racetrack. I don't know what's wrong with it. I, I don't know. Maybe the surface is too old. Maybe they got to redo some things. I don't know. But again, it felt like one lane racing and all the passing was due to pit strategies. I mean, the pit strategies were very cool, but that was about it. We really didn't see the pit strategies take effect until stage three. So stage one, stage two, you were just sitting around just waiting for the race to end. And that's really, really bad. I, I mean, when we always talk about short tracks, we want the short tracks to be the most exciting if they want to add more of those to the Cup Series. And fortunately, Richmond is just not providing it. So I don't know. It's not looking too good for Richmond. They may lose another race on their schedule. I, I meant to say they already lost the race in the playoffs. Now they may potentially lose another race if these races keep acting like this because all the other races, except for maybe Phoenix, I know Phoenix was a little bit lackluster, but it was still exciting um, near the second half of the race. This one was only exciting in, for the last 30 laps. That was it. There's 400 laps in this race. I don't know. Uh, if you're a Denny Hamlin fan, you're absolutely excited or even a Toyota um, fan because finally Toyota's got here in victory lane. And it wasn't really a fluke either. I mean, Martin Trex Jr. was definitely one of the most dominant drivers. And Christopher Bell had a really good run. I said that he was going to be a dark horse in this race and he really liked this racetrack. He proved it. It just didn't quite work in his favor as much as Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. But still a really good run for that number 20 camp. And Kyle Busch to be able to get a top 10. This one is good for Toyotas. I mean, they got a few of their cars in the top 10, which they absolutely needed. All the Joe Gibbs cars finished in the top 10. But Kyle Busch, man, with the most shocking call that I have heard in a very long time, tape on the grill. Now, I know this is a rule. I'm not complaining that there was tape on the grill that they called him back in. That's not what I'm complaining about. That was on there for what I heard was 200 laps before they finally black flagged him. Why in the world would you call it at that point? I don't understand that. That is just the worst luck in the world. I I mean, yeah, he should have been called on that, but not 200 laps later. That's just NASCAR not paying attention and trying to make up for an incident that they completely forgot. And... I can understand Kyle Busch has to be living, and rightfully so. I can understand your Kyle Busch fans being pissed off about this because at that point, I mean, it was 50% of the race. 
I, I, they went through pit road multiple times. You're, you're telling me a NASCAR official missed that every single time, and then when they finally figured it out, it was near the end of the race, and they said, oh, we're going to call it now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, looks like you are screwed for the end of this race. Ah, I, I didn't like that call one bit. Not one bit at all, but it is what it is. I mean, I know it's a rule, but man got to be tough being a Kyle Busch fan right now. It really has to be. I mean, it was really tough for to be a Denny Hamlin fan for the beginning of the 2022 season, but at least you got a victory. Kyle Busch does not have that yet, and Kevin Harvick was so close. He was getting ready to snap his uh, winless streak. Uh, maybe two, three more laps he would have had that opportunity. I honestly thought Eric Amarola was going to help out his teammate and maybe race side-by-side side a little bit more in front of Denny Hamlin, but he moved right out of the way. It was like, oh, well, damn. Uh, no teammate help there. I, I don't know if anyone else knows that, but I noticed that right away. I was like, wow, interesting, interesting by Eric Amarola. I guess you can consider it a classy move, just not a great teammate move. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. A team that let us down, and it's kind of really bad to say this because Ross Chastain did a really good job, but Trackhouse Racing didn't even finish in the top 15, neither of their cars. Yes, they both finished in the top 20, but Ross Chastain had a top three car once again. I really think Ross Chastain, you got to keep using him as much as you can because the way he's running up front has been absolutely phenomenal here. I mean, he's going to be a contender for the championship if he keeps this going. I, I know they're still a brand new team. We'll, we'll see how they do during the summer stretch. We've seen a lot of teams do very good at the beginning and just fall off once the summer hits. But right now... This Trackhouse Racing Team is impressing everybody right now. And with Ross Chastain running near the front for the longest time was great. But unfortunately, they just weren't able to seal the deal. So I think if you're a Trackhouse Racing fan, you are very disappointed on that finish. But a team that was not disappointed in this race was RFK Racing. Yeah, they finished outside the top 10. But to see both their cars running around, flirting with the top 10, both of them, that's a really good run for that team. They they, they needed that. And for them to have a really good race here at Richmond was definitely something that they needed. Because right now, the way the other races have worked, it's almost looked like it was um, a situation where, oh, they're only going to be super speedway cars. Well, uh, another Ricky Stenhouse group. No, it's not the case. These guys look actually fairly decent here at the short track. So good job for Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher to be that competitive in this race. Unfortunately, they didn't get too many stage points in this, so they only scored 27 points and 22 points. Hopefully next time they come back to Richmond or maybe even the next short track, which is next week, they are as competitive as they were here this weekend. And then Harrison Burton, finally a decent run for him. It has been a brutal, and I mean brutal start for that Wood Brothers racing team. But for them to get a top 20, I think they're just grateful for that. And he had no problems at all in this race. Uh, really kept his cool. Uh, ran really well. I'd say a top 20 for the number 21 machine is a good run for them. And the final good team we're going to talk about is actually Henrik Motorsports. I did not think Henrik Motorsports was going to run well in this race. I felt like we were only going to see one of them finish in the top 10. I really did think that. William Byron almost won the race. He led the second most laps, 122 laps, just slightly ahead of Ryan Blaney, who, by the way, he had a phenomenal race too. Shout out to him for this was one of those worst racetracks for him and for him to run as well as he did. Bravo to Ryan Blaney. Just phenomenal job by that team. But Henrik Motorsports 
all their drivers were able to run around the top 10 at one point or another in this race. And for William Byron to almost win it, absolutely crazy. Shout out to Rudy Fogel, who is William Byron's crew chief on that strategy. Almost worked for them. If it was a 395 lap race, they would have won it. It is what it is, but still, good job for them to finish in the third position because near the end of the race, I'm not going to lie, well, besides the pit strategy where they decided to stay out, he was at best top 10 car. So for him to finish around in the top three, very good run for them. And I think the last thing we'll cover on this race is the coverage. I think the coverage is the best way to conclude on what our thoughts were for this race. The coverage was really, really bad for fans because... The one thing that I could not stand at all was the fact that the announcers were talking about action going on around the racetrack and the cameras never turned to it. I am not really that negative of a person. I'm usually, I'm very optimistic in these races. That really upset me. It really did. For them to keep the camera on like second and third place and they're like, wow, look at this. There's still three wide back there. Oh, look at this action. Now they made contact. The camera's still staying on second and third place. That's a big middle finger to everyone at home. I, I literally turned off the TV and actually went upstairs for a little bit. That That's how much that upset me. And, and NASCAR's got to do way better on that. If you're going to talk about it, show it. Do not talk about it and be like, oh, man, oh. You should have been here. You should have bought tickets because, whoo, that racing going on back there with those guys, man, oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, coverage got to get better. I mean, for a race that was as uneventful as this one and to be missing uh, quite a few of the most exciting parts of the race, just, oh, man. I'm so happy that the action was up front in the final few laps because, if they would have missed that, man, uh, I mean, you would have missed everything in this race. So uh, definitely not an exciting race for me. I, I rate this one like a D, probably. And <laughs> it's not worth rewatching. I mean, you, literally, you can skip ha half of the race and you won't miss a damn thing. I mean, the pit strategies were really cool, but that was it. That was that. That's all this race was. If it was 200 laps, maybe it would have been exciting to see these pit strategies, but 400 laps, it just felt like it dragged on. And when it comes to a short track, it should not feel like it's dragging on. So the biggest winners, definitely the Toyota camp for finally getting a victory and for Denny Hamlin, being able to break his top 10 drought with a win and also having all Joe Gibbs racing finish in the top 10. Also, RFK Racing for the good run that they had in this race. They really needed that. And also, Henrik Motorsports for having most of their cars compete around in the top five position. That one absolutely shocked me. Some disappointers in this race. I mean, Trackhouse Racing for not getting one of their cars in the top 15 after the dominant start they've had to the beginning of the season. And then also, you can throw 2311 in there. They did not have a good race at all. Bubba Wallace was their top finisher, and it was 26 and three laps down. Really not a good run for those guys, neither for AJ Allmendinger and Justin Haley for the good runs that they had at Circuit of the Americas for them to finish outside the top 25. Yeah, really rough run. And overall, this race, not that uh, not that eventful. It was uh, really all about pit strategy, and that was about it. Um, so there you go. That's all I got to say about it. And that will conclude the final results for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As far as our fantasy rosters went, everyone kicked ass in fantasy. Good job for you guys. 
15 people scored 200 plus points. 15 people. Absolutely great job for you guys. Here's the top three. 232 points for Max Thunder 54. Great job for you, good sir. If people do not know, Max Thunder 54 is my younger brother. So for him to have a really good uh, fantasy performance like that, hell yeah, good job for you. And finishing second was Chevy Fan 2022 with 231. I'm really excited for this person because they just joined earlier today. And they finished second. Welcome to the Fantasy Leagues. You already made it into the top three. Here's your shout out. Good job. And then rounding out the top three, we got Mechanical Manny with 226 points. Very good for the uh, Vanilla Wafer family. Uh, I was the worst performing one with 215 points. So I'm not going to hear the end of that one this week. But overall, really good job for everybody. I mean, to have that many people with 200 plus fantasy points. Good job to all you on your fancy picks. And then let's look at the overall league standings. Vanilla Wafers, yours truly sits in the first spot. I honestly don't know how that's working right now. I'm, I'm just very grateful that I'm sitting up top. I'm like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> and then in the second spot, we have Daytona Johnny close behind me at 1,270 points and Max Thunder 54 at 1,269. Only 36 points behind me. All I need to do is have a bad Bristol dirt race because I say that because I only scored like 80 points in that one last year. And then all of a sudden, I can go from first all the way down to six. If you want to join our fantasy league, guys, it's NASCAR Field Fillers. I mentioned in almost every single episode. Why? Because it's so much fun. And the people who join it have an absolute ball. I mean, look at this. We got 36 people competing. Well, maybe it's more 34. There's some people who haven't made picks yet, but 34 people. That's crazy. So when you finish in the top three, it's a big accomplishment. So you can do that at fantasygames.nascar.com and you can join us at NASCAR Field Leagues. If you want to watch daily videos from me, you can do so on TikTok as I am at VanillaWafers44. We're at 5,800 followers. I do a video every single day, all related to NASCAR. Some of them humorous, some of them about history. This week, it was mostly humorous because it was April Fool's week, so I had a really good time with that. And one day, I really feel like Rick Rare Racing is going to come up to my doorstep and kick my ass because <laughs> you just got to watch the videos, guys. You got to just do so. It's at VanillaWafers44 on TikTok, or if you're more of a YouTube fan, you can just uh, look me up at VanillaWafers. I post most of the TikTok episodes on there. And one thing I want to talk to you guys about, um, in the next coming weeks, I will be out of the country for a week. Um, I'm really excited for that one, but that will be during the Bristol Dirt Race and the Talladega Weekend. Two huge races that I'm going to be missing. I'm going to do what I can to put out fantasy picks uh, for those two uh, races. Probably I'm going to do them both before I head on out. But there may not be a final results episode for the Bristol Dirt Race and Biggest Takeaways. I may cover it a little bit on the Talladega one. But just be forewarned, we might miss an episode on Monday. But I'll do my best to make sure we have our fantasy picks in because I know how important that is to you guys on picking the top drivers, but be forewarned when we do the Talladega fantasy picks, there is more than likely it's going to be before the Bristol Dirt Race, so I will probably not have any idea on what happened in that Bristol Dirt Race when I make those Talladega fantasy picks. So just wanted to give you that quick heads up that there might be an episode uh, missing on one of these Mondays coming up, and it's going to be after the Bristol Dirt Race. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>